Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Happy bonus episode. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we went to completely different routes on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited. Hey, how are ya? <laughs> yeah. If you've been keeping up, then you would have heard our voices yesterday as well. Yes. So if you're a true minion, I hope you're not sick of us. We always say that. And I don't even care if you're sick of us too bad. Listen, deal with it. Enjoy it. Put us into your ear holes and listen. <laughs> we like it. We like being part of your lives. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, um, like we said earlier, super exciting bonus episode mm-hmm. case for us to cover. Yeah. Especially because this year marks the 25th anniversary. It does. Of John Bonet's death. Mm-hmm. Um, which Becky and I actually didn't quite even realize until. Yeah. Like Becky proposed we do this as like a Christmas bonus episode because it happened at Christmas. Time. Yeah. And then I was like. Did you realize it's like 25 years exactly? Like to the date? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I know I did not realize yeah, that. Like, I didn't either. So that's timely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just been, this is still unsolved, guys. Like, yeah. Is, it's still like, this is an officially an open case still after yeah. 25 years. So, and they're coming up with new stuff, like, they're, yeah, was, which we'll yeah. get into. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's stuff still happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, we feel like it's 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 still very relevant, obviously, right now. Yeah, that's true. We hopefully might be hearing some some new leads in the case and breakthroughs. Hopefully, in the yeah. next couple years. We want to like find the killer within our lifetime. Yeah, me and Becky personally are gonna find them. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find the killer. And yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with him or her in the way we will. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna find them, not report them. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't tell our secrets. <laughs> That'll be an extra book. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a secret live <laughs> snuff film. <laughs> We're this is awful. <laughs> like I'm actually really surprised we haven't been like apprehended yet. Yeah, it's true. Like, and another reminder. Just like yeah, your millionth reminder. Also, too, it's it's really hilarious how much like people probably know we have a sick sense of humor for sure, but I don't think they actually realize how much we we still hold back. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of jokes that I've, like, wanted to make, but I know I would get, like, prosecuted by everybody. <laughs> so. Like watered down. Yeah. Becky Haley. Uh, yeah. The very, the very lukewarm. And even still, it's like, to us, it's lukewarm, but people are probably like, and they said that? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just how we rock and roll around here. So yeah, as you know, this is two parts. Mm-hmm. This is a little different because we're we're kind of doing like a little pass off here. It's not like one of us leading and vice versa. We're kind of yeah, yeah. Going to cover certain parts of it. Yeah, we're just taking we're taking a little turns here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's the bonus. So we both wanted to cover it. Yeah, we both know things about it and have been interested yeah. in it for a long time. So yeah, I feel like your research is probably way more up to date than mine is. I've done research on like what's going on currently. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and my yeah, mine's. I feel like it's just not as current as yours. But like, if we're gonna be covering like the basic sort of like facts of the case, yeah, this episode and sort of like the initial investigation and sort of the initial response to this whole incident. 
Yeah. Um, so we're going to set it up for you that way. And then, and then part two will kind of be more like what's going on. Some, like some, what went on back then, but also just some additional mm-hmm. things leading up to, you know, kind of present day. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of our plan. Yeah. So if you don't like it just... Then, too bad yeah <laughs> we're always like if you don't like it and like we're like i, I think we want to go that polite route of like let us know but at the same time like no <laughs> deal with it like if you don't like it feel free to email us but like I, i'm probably going to respond and be like well that's just too dang bad ain't it <laughs> like <laughs> sorry, <we're done>. yeah. <laughs> it's already been done so <laughs> uh, all right so we're gonna jump into like yeah, let's jump in. the facts the background Let's do this. All right. So John Benet Ramsey was a six-year-old pageant competitor. Her father, John Ramsey, was the present president, the present. Already. We're a sentence in. This is like, <laughs> like Christmas Eve, so he was a present. <laughs> he was the president of a computer software company called Access Graphics. The family had a lot of money and lived in a large home in Boulder, Colorado. Her mother had entered her in various pageant competitions, and she went on to win five high-profile competitions. First was the America's Royal Miss, Little Miss Charlevoix. Is that how we say it? That's how I would say it. Okay. Charlevoix. 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 I like it. I like it. Little Miss uh, Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl. That's a mouthful. I know. It's a long title. The, whoever named... I'm the Colorado, All-Star, uh, I'm the Colorado yeah. State All-Star Kids Cover Girl. Imagine a six-year-old saying that confidently. It would just wouldn't happen. Yeah. And then National Tiny Miss Beauty. Also, I feel like that, that name isn't great. I don't like that name. Tiny Miss Beauty. National Little Tiny Little Miss Beauty. Like it's just like way too many names. Like wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. <laughs> it sounds like it's like honestly, it should be in a different order. Like Tiny Miss Beauty. Like I feel like it should be like Miss Tiny Beauty or something. Miss National Tiny Beauty. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't like it. National beautiful tiny person. <laughs> little tiny person beauty. I don't like it either way. <laughs> Uh, Patsy Ramsey had actually also competed in pageants as a young adult. She had won Miss West Virginia and competed in the Miss America pageant. So on the morning of December 26th, 1996, 26th is Boxing Day, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always, I forget. I just forget things. You just forget that the 26th is Boxing I always get it confused with the 25th. Like for whatever reason, for ages, I've always thought the 25th was Boxing Day, not Christmas Day. Okay, I, yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. Because, like, the 24th feels like Christmas. Christmas. Then. Yeah, I get that. But, yes, that is Boxing. So they've already had their, like, Christmas Day. Yes. And this is, like, the morning of Boxing Day. Uh, yes. So Patsy Ramsey had claimed to discover a ransom note for her six-year-old daughter, John Bonet Ramsey, on the back staircase of the house. She called the police at 5.52 a.m. to report her daughter missing. Her father, John, and her nine-year-old brother, Burke, were also present in the house. Uh, her body was found less than eight hours later in the utility room in the basement by her father, John. So here we're going to do a quick little like point by point breakdown of like the evidence that was actually like physically found at the scene. Yes. Sort of like yeah. there's a lot that we'll get into about like things that have been disputed or certain pieces of, pieces of evidence that we're focused on and whatnot. But this from all of our sources seems like the like indisputed like facts of 
what was found like the unarguable points yeah. where it's like this is basic knowledge this is what i can see and feel yeah a couple yeah. of them we will touch on later that have been argued but yes this is like the initial sort of evidence list yes all right John Bonet was found with duct tape over her mouth and a smooth cord around her neck. Her wrists were also tied above her head. The autopsy found that John Bonet's uh, head had been bludgeoned to death by the county coroner, declared that the cause of death was asphyxiation by strangling. Asphyxiation is like one of like the hardest it's words to say. Hard. Whoever decided that, that was a word, I'd like to have a conversation with you. So, anyways, the official report stated that the cause of death was asphyxia by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma. Um, a paintbrush from Patsy's hobby kit was used to tighten the cord around John Bonet's neck as a garrote. Um, DNA was found on her long johns and underwear, both belonging to the same unidentified man. It was compared to an FBI database of over 1.5 million samples in 2004, and there was still no match. It's a lot of fucking samples. I know. We'll get into that. Well. Yes. Two sets of footprints were found at the scene. A rope was discovered next to her bedroom that did not belong to the Ramses. As of t 2006, this rope has never been tested, which is fucked. Mm -hmm. There were no footprints in the snow outside the house, and Boulder police said that there was no sign of forced entry, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Um, so obviously one of the biggest, like, dis points that's discussed in this case is the ransom note. Um, so we'll just list out kind of like the highlights of, of the note, the important things that are often pointed out. Um, so the note was two and a half pages long and it was handwritten. The note was also written using a pen and pad from the Ramsey's home. Um, the note demanded $118,000 um, U.S. dollars, which amounts to almost $200,000 today as the ransom, um, which is a, obviously a super specific amount. Really, really specific. It's not normal. Like most of the time it's like $100,000 or like $250,000. Or a million. Yeah. Like a nice round, so solid straight line. Yeah. And it is pointed out by John Ramsey himself to the police that um, this, no this amount is identical to his Christmas bonus of that year. Yeah. Um, which also we've discussed, like puts in perspective, like how wealthy these people actually were. Like yeah. that's his Christmas bonus. Yeah. That's not his salary. Yeah. Like, and, like more than most people's salary, but that was just like his bonus. That's more than like most people's household salaries yes. of yeah. like, like two income earners. Yeah. yeah. So if anyone listening to this is like, yeah, that's my Christmas bonus. How come you haven't given us money? Hello. <laughs> we need you. Patreon dear for you. $500 a month. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's bump it a little higher. Than <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's obviously of note. Um, the note requested the exchange of John Bonet for the money take place the next day, December 27th. And they said they would call uh, between 8 and 10 a.m. on that morning. But no call was ever received. Um, there was a part of a like practice note that was found, like the top of it had been ripped off the pad and you could see like the, the imprints. Of, yeah. Like, the deer, like Ramsey's. I don't remember how yeah. it starts with, Oh, Mr. it starts with Mr. Ramsey. So you can see like Mr. Ramsey at the top and then had been like ripped off. Yeah. So like practice, a practice note was written. Um, there were spelling errors in the note on certain words, such as business and possession that were spelled with like incorrect amount of S's and stuff. But 
more uncommon words such as attache were used and spelled correctly. So that was kind of like noted as sort of weird. Mm-hmm. Like more common words were misspelled, mm-hmm. and more uncommon words were spelled appropriately. So <laughs> um, the letter is signed S B T C. Mm-hmm. So again, like that's a massive like point of discussion in this case. Like a lot of people, they're like, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about like what that might stand for. Yeah. But but as of today, like officially, nobody knows what that stands for. Yeah. Um, the note did not have any fingerprints on it except Patsy's and the police detective who handled it, apparently without gloves. Idiot. Like, stuff like that. I'm just like. How'd you get your job? Like, the mom <laughs> handling it that makes sense because she's like reading it, but like. You walk in as a police officer and you're like, oh, just hand me that note. No gloves, whatever. Yeah. Like, get my DNA all over it. Here, let me just wipe my nose with that. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like you're out of toilet paper. Can I borrow that for a second? Yeah, yeah, that's not that important. Yeah, just sure wipe your fucking ass with it. Might as well. Like, Um, god damn it. It included unusual punctuation and phrasing. Um, And all of this initially led police to believe that the note was staged. Um experts hired by the Boulder Police Department said that they felt the note had been written by an outside or um, that the note did not seem to be written by an outside stranger that it it made more sense that it came from someone in the house due to like Mm. it was the pen and paper from the house it was a really long note that like people are like well why would someone come in and sit down for like an hour and write this note when you're trying to like kidnap a kid Um, and there were lots of people that believed the note was written by Patsy Ramsey herself so that's that's kind of where those are the initial impressions. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna read the note. Yeah, we have the text of the note. You can yeah. find this online. Like you can find pictures of it. Yeah. Um, and see all like the handwriting and there's like words that are scratched out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Maybe I would just read it for you. Yeah, and like fair warning, I usually mess up my sentences when I'm reading straight from something. <laughs> <laughs> So, here we go. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. Sorry, see, I already messed it up. And if you want want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. 100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining 18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. I said un because they didn't say un. That was me grammatically fixing that. Yeah, they say hence eight ah earlier yeah which is which i can't even physically bring myself to say so it's like actually hard to say (laughs) i know it like hurts me so i was like i'm gonna just say it anyways i'll just jump in and say that i think i said this wrong about how they were supposed to call like the morning of the 26th they say i will call you between 8 and 10 tomorrow okay which would be the 27th okay so that's what they're saying i'll continue 
Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you to not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are f- familiar with law, enforce- law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. Signed, SBTC. Yeah. How strange. It's, yeah. It's like one of those like ransom notes. It's like hard to get through because it's like, it's confusing. It feels all over the place. It does because it's, I, 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 I can't even like gather my thoughts about it just because it's like, it doesn't feel like your classic ransom note. No. And I think that's why authorities were like, this seems staged because like I do, I kind of understand that. Like it's very strange. It's very long, of course. It's like, I feel like certain parts of it. I guess every part of it, it seems necessary, but, like, usually I feel like they're simpler, where it's just, like, we want $100,000 in cash, we'll call you tomorrow at 7 yeah. unmarked bills, if you talk to police, she dies. Yeah. It, it feels, like, almost, like, overly instructioned. Yeah. It, like, it's... There's too much, way too much detail. Yeah. There's also, like, a lot of ego in it, too. Like, unnecessary ego, where it doesn't... I, I don't know. I feel like when people punch how important they are or believe that they are it's like an overcompensation mm-hmm. so it's like had they started off being like we're very powerful people and then ended there kind of thing around like like that first part where they're like look we're also very important it, with them saying it again like in the sense of like you're not the only fat cat around here it's kind of like you're you're really overestimating your confidence and it just doesn't feel it's such a weird way to phrase it it is like you're the only fat cat around here like who talks like that? 1930s yeah. Like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you fat cat. <laughs> it just... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a weird way to phrase it. And again, like, the punctuation, there's, like, at the very beginning, it says, like, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully, exclamation point. Yeah. Like, as if it's like, hey, listen carefully, guys. Like, and then at the end, it's like, it is up to you now, John, exclamation point. And victory. Victory, exclamation point. Yeah. Victory. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. This isn't a victorious situation. No, no. Even if he gets his daughter back, he's losing, like, a lot of money. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, he just... It's it's a lose lose situation. Yeah. No matter what way it gets put, this is lose lose all around. There's no winning here. Like, like <laughs> the whole like you stand a ninety nine percent chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a one hundred percent chance of getting her back. Like, did you go to math school? Like, I don't, did you yeah, learn math? <laughs> those percentages, as far as like, I get the point they're trying to make, but it's just like it's like you're. She's almost certainly gonna die if you try to outsmart us. 
you'll almost certainly get her back if you if you just follow our instructions. Yeah. Just like there's so many different like there's so many better ways to he, say that. It almost would have been better if this writer had said there's a 50% chance you'll kill her, but there's a 50% chance you'll get her back. Yeah. Because like the point that they're trying to insinuate is like it's in your hands based off of one decision. You know what I mean? Where it's like it should be 50-50, not 99 and 1. Like Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. It's yeah. very strange. It's very again, strange. It's like unnecessary detail where it's like you will also be denied her remains for a proper burial. Like I think that's probably a given. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As long as they're gonna kill her and then be like and then like give her. And then be like, hey, I'm gonna stop by on Tuesday. Here you go. You can have a funeral. Yeah. Because then it's like yeah, yeah it's like, just it's implied. Of course you wouldn't do that. If, yeah. If you kidnapped her and your intention is to kill her, if you don't get like obviously you're not concerned about oh her funeral. Yeah. So yeah, no. But yeah. Anyways, it's it's widely acknowledged that the like entire crime scene was mishandled and contaminated by the police. Mm-hmm. The police later claimed that there was no reason to believe John Bonet was still inside the house. Still, other investigators and forensic experts state that as soon as the nine one one phone call uh, came in, police should have removed the family from the house and treated it as a crime scene. Which like is true, like. They're like, well, we didn't know she was in the house. But, like, even if she's on the house, it's still a crime scene. It is. Because, she, because she's been taken from her. Yes. So it's a crime scene. Yeah. It's the first crime scene. It is. It's 100% a crime scene. The grounds are a crime scene. Everything in the area is technically a crime scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, what the hell did they teach you in police school? Like, yeah. Like, if if my dumb ass knows this, like, they should have known this. Yeah. Like, like have you seen an episode of CSI? Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. So, yeah, if John Bonet had been taken from the house, it would still be a crime scene and evidence in the house would be important. Instead, the police allowed the family to stay, allowed other family members and close friends to enter the house, and allowed all police authority to trample through the house, destroying evidence. 18 people in total, by the way. Like, they all just kind of came in and out. Yeah, friends and family police. Yeah. It was like almost 20 people. Like, coming and going, too. It wasn't necessarily just, like, everyone's in, now we're all going to stay here and investigate. It was, like, people were, like, stepping in inside and out to make phone calls. And I'm sure the police were probably leaving to grab coffees and stuff. Like, it's a lot of, you know, trampling, if you will. By the time they realized John Bonet was in the house, the entire scene was already completely contaminated, obviously. Um, the police even searched the house initially. A photograph shows a picture of the basement taken during the search. The door to the utility room, like slash wine cellar. Yeah, they, I think they called it a wine cellar. But yeah. It's not... It's just like an old cold yeah. utility room. Like it's, it's just call it the wine cellar. Yeah. You see that in a lot of articles and stuff that she was like found in the wine cellar. But it's like a cold room. It's just, yeah. yeah. Um, it was closed and no one opened it during the search. Why? Yeah. There's like a picture of it and you can see and they're like, there's the door to the room where she's Open in. it. No one opened yeah. it. Yeah. Right? And like, this is basic shit. Yeah. I'd be like looking in places where like a human physically could not fit and still be like, well, you got to check the kitchen yeah, cupboards. Checking the vents. I'd yeah. Be digging up the garden. Like, yeah. I'd be like opening this small like garbage can and be like, are we yeah. sure? Like, well, she's pretty small. She could probably fit in this yeah. sangria pitcher. Very, like <laughs> there's a mug that I didn't check. Let me look. <laughs> so uh, one lone detective was left on the scene to handle 18 people, which I'm, I'm pretty sure I've read it a long time ago not in relation to this case but i think there isn't there like um a ratio that cops are supposed to have when dealing in like traumatic situations it's supposed to be like one to two or something 
I feel like that makes sense to me. That sounded absurd when I read that, where I was like, just one cop was left there. And then like the Ramses, all yeah. the family that came over. Like, yeah, there's maybe there's like, this is a lead investigator and then he's managing other cops. But I still think that's too many people. Charge for a case this big seemed very weird. For a missing child too, where it's like. Yeah, the first 24 hours are crucial. Yeah. Like, cause like, even if it is like the lead investigator, like that person is not only like working the case, but also doing like the interpersonal like communication side of thing where they're like talking to the people. And it's like 18 people is a lot of people. If you picture a small room or even just a regular house, having 20 visitors over is hectic. Yeah. Like, so John Ramsey later on was asked to search the house to see if there was anything out of the ordinary. This is when he went into the wine cellar slash utility room to discover John Bonet's body. Yeah. 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 So, and I think it said earlier that it was all, that was almost like eight hours later. So I think this, mm-hmm. I think I read something that it was around like two. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, again, at that point it's been eight hours Yeah. of all these random people walking through the house, no protective footwear, footwear gloves, gloves, anything suits or anything. Yeah. Uh, the one guy wiped his ass with the fucking <laughs> yeah like one guy sneezed into it like <laughs> like everything is ruined at this point pretty much yeah pretty much um i actually had also read and again no idea how accurate this is it was only the one source that i had read that when um john was asked to also like search to see if anything was out of the ordinary that he went directly to the utility room skipping over di- like other rooms mm. that's something i had read again that could just be like conspiracy or people like trying to build a narrative but that's what i had read that like in the files that said that he like went almost like straight there well in the documentary i watched where like he is interviewed and again it completely depends on if you believe him or not yeah um i think he says that like he like i don't think he went upstairs first i think he did go into the basement first Mm -hmm. he was just sort of like i was looking around like opening doors checking the basement yeah and then i opened the door to the utility room so as a police officer maybe you saw him just go right downstairs and then he comes up five minutes later with his daughter so you're like oh he went right there. of course yeah he kind of describes it as like i went i started in the basement worked way up yeah place where she was so again it depends on whether you believe him or not Mm -hmm. from an outside perspective i can see where like where they're like oh yeah he just went right downstairs and then he found her like poof must be him yeah there was also something i read how they were like oh john ramsey disappeared for like three hours between like between the time that the police arrived and and arrived and the time they found the body and um and it was like no he was just like in his study but they just like didn't notice yeah like again so much going on and there were so many people there that they're like oh where's john and then someone's like i don't know he must have left but he was just like in his study yeah so i read that too that like the police were like john ramsey just he's hiding and he was like no i was just in my office yeah like getting some quiet time like gathering my thoughts or like or maybe he was like i don't know on a computer or something. yeah i don't know but i read that too and like that does kind of make sense to me if there was one cop left in charge of almost 20 people that like it sounds pretty chaotic yeah anyone could just kind of like wander off and then they don't know where you are exactly so, and obviously they were shit at searching the house. Clearly. You can find John Ramsey if they went to look for him. They clearly didn't open any fucking doors. <laughs> They'd be like standing outside his office and they're like, I don't know where he is. No idea. I checked everything. Can't find the guy anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll touch on some of like the major initial suspects in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, after John Ramsey came up from the basement with John Bonet, apparently one of the officers said, I don't know if they said it 
like t- like in within earshot of John, or it was said like shortly after. But apparently, one of the off- officers said, "I knew it. They killed their daughter." So, with reports of that, like, yeah, sure or not or whatever, it is again widely acknowledged that the police were immediately suspecting the parents, even before they found her. Yeah, reading the note and everything, and they were all like, "Okay, this is." suspicion yeah they were thinking about them right from the get would you can't you can't act like that you have to like it's okay to go in as a detective and like start sort of like trying to piece together things or piecing together yeah and whatever like with the evidence that you have available to you but you can't make any definitive conclusions after being there for like four hours no that just doesn't make any sense no that's not good police work no you also can't like vocalize them when people are in earshot either yeah, that's what that's what i'm saying like i can't remember in the documentary or if i read it or whatever but someone said that um it wasn't john ramsey that said it so that's why i'm like i don't know if he heard it because that would be extremely insensitive yeah i'd be like hi excuse me killed your daughter i heard you <laughs> brought up his daughter and he's crying and like someone say because he says that in the documentary that i watched that he went in and he didn't know if she was like it, it I think he's implying he didn't know if she was alive or not. He said he went and took the duct tape off her mouth and tried to get the, um, like the bounds off of her wrist. Mm-hmm. They were too tight. So yeah. He brought her upstairs and he's like, someone help my daughter. Someone help my daughter. And then a detective looked at him and they were like, she's gone. Yeah. Fuck. So, cause a lot of people criticize him for that too, where they're like, Oh, he picked her up and brought her upstairs. And yeah. Eliminated everything. It's like, but no, he didn't know when you're a parent in shock like that. Like he was, he said he immediately was so happy that he had found her. Yeah. Which tells me that he was so happy he had found her. He thought she was, she was alive. Still alive. Dead or alive. Like, I think, I, and again, I'm not a parent, but I, yeah. if I was in this situation, like, I feel like I would feel the same emotion where I would just be happy to, like, have located them. Yeah. But, like, you always see it in movies where, like, the parent runs to their child and just immediately starts touching their face and hugging because it's like, that's your flesh and blood. Like, Yeah, your first thought isn't going to be like, oh, I remember watching this episode of CSI where they said, like, not to touch the boat. It's like, that's your six-year-old daughter. You yeah. run up and grab her. Yeah. And and, and hug her and be worried and feel her. and have emotion and yeah. react. So I don't, like, criticize him at all for picking her up and caring. Oh, yeah, that's not something I would do. Yeah. It, of course, it would have made everyone's lives easier if he just hadn't have touched her, but that's of not course. That's it's, not real life. It's not. That's yeah. so far from real life. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Yeah, so the police department were suspicious of the family from the beginning, and they were the earliest suspects, especially due to the police believing that Patsy had written the note, um, and they believed there was no obvious evidence of an intruder. Hmm. So there was no, like, lock that was broken or windows that were broken or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boulder Police Department made public statements saying things like evidence pointed to a perpetrator inside the house rather than outside the house. Probably because you had 4,000 people trampling inside of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, what and do I know? There was, like, absolutely no sign of fourth century of any kind. So they would make statements like this to the press. To be very definitive and underlined and pointing. and So, you know... Obviously, people like in the press and people in the public are like, well, there's no sign of fourth entry. So, like, it has, it has to be. Sign. Yeah. Which, like, if I can interject, sometimes when there's no sign of forced entry, it just means that that person had access to the house. Yes. Well, like, when we uh, <laughs> talked about Jasmine and. Um, yeah. 
Jeremy. Stanky. <laughs> Stank, Stank hole. <laughs> yeah, I know his last name. Stank. <laughs> Stank face. <laughs> but like, there was no sign of forced entry there because she opened the window yeah. for him. Yeah. And uh, again, like, yes, I know someone's going to be like, well, yeah, see within the family. Sure. But, sure. But, but at the same time. means that they, like you said, they could have had access yeah. through an open window or through somewhere and maybe they knew the house. Or you know what? Maybe the Ramses weren't that great with locking their front door. Like, it's yeah. it's possible. Like. I, I would hate it if, like, for whatever reason, I got murdered and they were like, well, there was no sign of forced entry. Must be Drew. Yeah. I know. There's other possibilities. Because it's like, well, realistically, like, any fucking idiot could waltz into my house and take me. A like, lot of older locals were like, this is this was the first case of, of this kind at all. Like, yeah. never heard about murder cases in Boulder. It was always such a quiet like, yeah. town. Like, it was a college town. And that's... That's kind of the thing. It's absurd to me that someone forgot to lock their door or their back door. And also, too, like, think about, like, the time period, too. Like, the early 90s in a small, quiet town where there's not a lot of, like, crime like this. If anyone was, like, alive during this time that's listening, you know times were different. People didn't lock their doors, especially in small, what they thought were cozy communities. Mm -hmm. It was that thing where you could just leave your garage open and not worry about someone coming into your house or leave your front door open. And you know what? Hey, maybe your neighbor pops by, knocks on the door and says, hey, can I come in for a visit? Like, that was the time. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's also a possibility of yeah. why there might be no forced entry. Yeah, yeah. But that's just me. That, yeah, there was no maybe super obvious evidence of forced entry, but like you were the police look deeper. Yeah, because sometimes there's forced entry in places that like you might have no idea. Like, yeah. So one of the theories is that Patsy accidentally killed John Bonet. We've heard this before, like, or that she. It, you know that it wasn't not that it was intentional to kill her but that she was enraged that John Bonet had wet the bed again because she had a history of wetting the bed and apparently an infuriated Patsy um and that she like hit her over the head with something and knocked her out um like I I and not to say my stance a little too early but like I, I find that so fucking hard to believe yeah well when we were watching Becky and I watched casting John Bonet really good yeah it was a really good documentary on Netflix um, that kind of explores like people local to the town and their thoughts and the things that they were hearing um, and all this stuff. It's like a lot of scuttlebutt, but it's really interesting. Yeah, and there were a lot of like women that were like, mm, "It's it's a it's a stretch to say that yes, like your kids infuriate you sometimes." Like, oh, one hundred percent. Potty training that one woman gave an example or whatever, and it's like, yeah, you're infuriated, but it's a stretch to be like. Oh, this woman was so... They were also mentioning that the media was like, her 40th birthday was impending. So she was like so stressed. So jealous of her young so, child. Yeah. yeah. The one woman was like, how dare they imply that because a woman's about to turn 40, that she's so enraged and stressed that she's going to kill her. That she's daughter. now murderous. Like, that's not motive. Yeah. You, I, you know what I... Exactly. What I could believe is if there was like previous evidence of Patsy having a really short temper, yeah, but there wasn't. Evidence of abuse. Yeah. But there wasn't. That's the yeah. thing. So it seems like a stretch to be like, all of a sudden she's like, that's it, and smacks her. Over yeah. Her. And like, sure, people snap. We do know that. That happens. But like, usually there's like some type of analysis done after. Was this a psychotic break? What was this? Mm -hmm. That's also not the case here. Like, no. No. And we'll, we'll discuss more about the whole, like, order of things 
that happen as far as like the bludgeoning versus the strangulation, but it just doesn't line up. No. That she would have smacked her over the head and then everything else was staged. It just, it doesn't really um, add up with the autopsy. Mm-hmm. So um, also the bedwetting theory, just it, it almost can't be true because in the documentary I watched that I'll mention later, they said that her underwear and long johns were soiled, but the sheets in her bed were not. Yeah. That there was fibers found in her bed sheets from her pajamas, meaning the bed sheets couldn't have been washed. Yeah. Because it me- it meant that she had slept in that bed that night or been in that bed. Yeah. Um, and that the sheets hadn't been washed and the sheets were not soiled. Yeah. So she didn't wet the bed that night. No. A lot of people are like, again, even in the casting job, they're like, well, I know she wet the bed that night and everything. She did not. She did wet not. Bed that night. No. She wet her pants. At some point later, yeah. Or that could have even been post-mortem because everyone does know that, like, yeah. your bowels and bladder do let go yeah. with so passing. Thing was soil, but her bed was not. No, exactly. So, um, that is that is definitive evidence. And, like, again, a lot of people, there's a lot of, like, things that were reported in the media where, like, well, she went to bed that night, so, like, her mom just snapped. But she, she didn't. So again, such a fucking stretch. Out the window. Ugh, I hate when, like, women get painted as these, like erratic just like emotional thinkers were like there's one thing that's just gonna piss us off period or menopause is gonna turn you right to a psychotic killer yeah and it's like okay so what you turn 40 and you're all of a sudden this fucking wild maniac like no that's (laughs) god damn it she's on the loose like it's just such a oh my god all right yeah let's get into it Another theory uh, surrounds her brother, Burke. I know there's a lot of theories around him. Um, one claims that he accidentally, like, killed her by hitting her over the head with something and, like, the parents covered up. Um, but again, if, if it was an accident, same with the theory about Patsy hitting her, um, the strangulation then would have had to have been staged afterward. Yes. And there is evidence that we will discuss later that the strangulation might have had to have either like occurred first or the blow to the head couldn't have killed her Mm -hmm. because there's evidence of like fingernail marks around the the cord around her neck like little ones like yeah fingernails they can't be someone else's like around her neck as if she was grabbing to try and get it off yeah and get it off so she was conscious when she was being strangled it wasn't like someone hit her over the head and she died then and yeah. had to stage the strangulation because she, if she wasn't alive, she couldn't have been grabbing at the cord. Yeah. So again, the whole like Burke or her mom or John or someone hit her over the head, accidentally killed her, yeah. and then staged the strangulation. That doesn't. It just doesn't make it doesn't a happen. lot of sense, really. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's an important detail to remember as well. Um. So basically, and then there's a lot of like handwriting analysis that was thrown around in the press in yeah the police investigation they said that they had um you know ruled out john as the author of the note but that patsy's handwriting was inconclusive and there's even like reports again in casting dominate where they're like well i know patsy's handwriting matched the note it didn't match it was it just matched. inconclusive it, and and there's actually um evidence to say that it was like very definitively not a match but again, a lot of these things were leaked to the press that like, oh, her hand yeah. matched or it was pretty close or whatever. So like, yeah. a lot of people ran with that theory that she at least wrote the note, like that maybe John killed her, but she wrote the note. Yeah. But again, that's just all bullshit. Yes. <laughs> it's just all misconstrued in the media. So um, certain experts within like the Boulder Police Department 
um, believed that the evidence was more consistent with, um, sorry, the Boulder DA, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into a little bit later, believed that the evidence could be consistent with her being murdered by a stranger. Yeah. The Boulder police was definitely still more on the line of like, this was an inside job. Yeah. Um, in 2013, it came out that in 1999, uh, a grand jury had voted to indict John Bonet's parents on charges of child abuse resulting in death. But the Boulder district attorney at the time, Alex Hunter, which again, we will discuss him a little bit more in depth in, in part two. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't believe there was enough evidence to support the charges. So Cause there isn't. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> um, and the DNA evidence um, on her underwear and long johns being belonging to an unidentified male, technically, like some people believe it technically exonerates the parents. And again, we'll discuss that more in depth, but he just didn't feel like there was enough yeah. to convict them in a court. So, um, so yeah, that, that is kind of, kind of a brief overview of like the Ramseys, but there's a lot more that we will discuss as far as like, yeah the possibility of their involvement or ruling that out and, and all of that. But we will move on to, again, some of the main players that were initially yeah. discussed. And again, even in casting John Bonet, there was like people that they included in that because they're like well known to have been, at least been investigated, but not yeah. deemed the person. Yeah. I, I can also touch on to why like, and this is like a common theme that we see oftentimes in like true crime, especially when it involves children, why people cling so hard to it needing to be the parents. Mm-hmm. Because like as like the outsider looking in, whether you want to admit it to yourself or not, you want it to be the parents because you your brain refuses to allow you to believe that there is a killer on the loose and it could be your family next or that there's someone even capable of doing this to a child, you won't be able to admit it to yourself, but like your brain is working for you to like deny you that like privilege of like understanding that like people are capable of bad things. Yeah. That's it's, it's a blinding thing. It's much scarier to believe that a stranger went into this house and killed this girl. It's very scary because it scares the locals into thinking badly of their neighborhood and nobody wants to feel unsafe in their own home so when you sit there and go well obviously the parents did it it kind of just like excuses you from ever needing to like protect yourself or or admit that there's a problem in the world like yeah, because you're like well my parents wouldn't do that so i'm safe i'm safe like, exactly ramsey and john are they they're bad people and i'm in the yeah. care of good people or whatever exactly. it's also the same reason why people don't believe that like sandy hook happened it's that we're going to cover that yeah, one day. Yeah. Cause like, I'm so passionate about it because it's like, it comes down to like a whole like group, like psychological issue where it's like, you just don't want to believe that there's a human being in the world that has the same blood and biological makeup as you and your family and everyone that's capable of going out and killing a child or doing horrible massacres. So it's, it's, it's almost easier to believe that things didn't happen the way that you're being told happened. Yeah. It's, it's just pure denial. It is. Yeah. But like, as like, the, a, as like a coping mechanism. Yes. Protect yourself. But if it, when it reaches that point of like being in such severe denial, it's just like the, these people refuse to believe otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but you have to acknowledge the facts, like mm-hmm. admit that the world is fucked and there's other options out there. Like, yeah. And I know this, the statistics that like, it's more often than not someone in the home or like, of course, like the husband, been did it yeah like yes there's reasons behind those cliches because 
they happen. Yes. More often than not, it is someone inside the home. Yes. To a random stranger. Random stranger. Yes. And serial killers, that's why there's such an anomaly, right? Yeah. But evidence is evidence. So if all the evidence is pointing to like a family member or the parents, okay, that's fine. Let's jump on it. When there's evidence to the contrary, at least be objective open to it. Yeah. You, you need to acknowledge that yeah. you can't cherry pick the evidence that you want to use just because you feel like this theory is better. Yeah. Because you, yeah, because you don't want to believe that there's something larger at play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of our stance. Yeah. And, and you know what? It very well you know, could have been the family. Been I don't know. It's the end of this and be like, you know what? We just don't fucking know. But I just think it's important to point that out, especially when, like, even in the Amanda Knox case where it's like, well, I don't really, we don't, really we don't know. really know. No one really knows for sure. But when it seems like someone is being unfairly targeted, yeah. especially right from the beginning when there wasn't an, like there wasn't enough in my mind to like shoot to that person right yeah. away, that's when I get bothered. Because yeah. people, is, we see the detectives are not immune to this. People get like narrow-minded. And yeah. They, like, tunnel vision. Yeah, tunnel vision, exactly. Where yeah. It's like anything outside of that, I'm not even going to listen to it. And it's, where I, that's when I yeah. get off. Because it's like you need to listen to other All of it. people and other points of evidence, even if it kind of disproves your Yes. Theory. Because we'd be great jurors because the whole purpose of shit like this, even like just talking about true crime in general, where like cases are mishandled, you have to prove the person's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. So if you think someone's guilty, but there's even a fucking inkling that they're not guilty, they're not guilty. You have to prove it beyond that's that. That's our justice system is set up. And, and sometimes guilty people walk free because of it, and that sucks. But, like, that is the way that it is. That is. And it's also, I'd, I'd almost rather guilty people walk free if it means less innocent people will get locked up because exactly. of this. So I, I know that's probably something people don't want to hear, but there have been far too many people that are completely innocent, and they just, like, get placed in because of tunnel vision. And it's, yes. like... As we discussed in other cases too, sometimes you don't have to be convicted for, to the like convicted of the crime to have to, your life entirely ruined. Yeah, and that's the second your name hits the media, it your life is fucked. Yeah, because yeah. people will well, trial persecute you. Right? Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of like it's very clear that this is that's what happened in mm -hmm. this case. Um, but we will discuss again some of the other suspects yes that were mentioned so a local band named bill mcreynolds um had visited the family home there was like differing accounts on this some say two days before some say he was there on christmas day he was like known to dress up as santa claus around christmas time so mm -hmm. it could have been like any of the like days leading up but he um he knew the family he had uh, a daughter who had been abducted 22 years earlier in 1974 and it was unsolved like I actually didn't know that about yeah. this so case. That, yeah. That's why a lot of people are like, this is like a weird, but um, like just very coincidental. Um, his wife had written a play about a child being molested and then murdered in a basement. So again, like kind of like ominous, like foreshadowing almost like, weirdly similar. Yeah. Details. Um, Bill claims that he was, he was very close to John Bonet and he was quoted saying after her death that it would like it, it was very hard on him. Um, like, it took a toll on him. She had apparently given him, when he was at the house, I think I think when he was dressed up as Santa Claus, 
I'm pretty sure, because mm-hmm. he said this was the first time a kid had ever given him a gift while he was Santa. Mm-hmm. He was dressed up as Santa Claus, and she apparently gave him a vial of glitter. Um, and he was going into heart surgery around that time, mm-hmm. and he brought the vial of glitter into heart surgery with him. And he told his wife that if he died during the surgery, to have his ashes mixed in with this glitter. Okay. Which is strange i see i i want to take another i know i want to take another route so that yes wow yeah i I immediately think that's strange i don't think it's like oh this guy's the murderer i think that it's like it could be seen as an odd request by some yes and i could see why people want would want to read really deep into it and yeah it is a little weird but on the same breath it might not be because we we all know like a person who has lost somebody mm-hmm. that when they meet another person that even slightly reminds them of that lost person they will cling to that person yeah. for dear fucking life mm-hmm. or or pet or anything where it's like you've lost person A and person B enters and you have even like the glimpse of like this is how it used to be especially when it's like a child so maybe maybe Bill saw a lot of his daughter who had gone missing ages and ages ago and to some degree he felt connected to her which yes on a on a paper basis on just like a face value creepy it sounds creepy but like his intentions might have just been like extremely honest and it could have been i miss my daughter of a heartbroken father yeah lost his daughter yeah around and she was around the same age as john benet yeah like it was a similar situation so yes absolutely i feel like like the initial thought is like that's weird but but if you you're right weigh it it's kind of like i can see that being again someone just being becoming attached to this little girl who he again he was like that was the first time a kid had ever given me a gift yeah. santa claus instead of them asking for gifts like yeah that probably really touched his heart and he's yeah. like that's really sweet and and who knows maybe he thought like oh that's something my daughter would have done for yeah. me coming home after and dressing up like thinking of her as like a, a embodiment of his yeah daughter. you know like i i yeah i agree i don't think it's like the creepiest thing i've ever heard in my life not even close yeah it's, in some ways it can be seen as sweet and in other ways it can be, seen be creepy. there's two lights to look at it and yeah. and both are accurate both are false in their own way <laughs> like yeah. it's yeah. it's one of those yeah. things where it's like we we don't know like yeah. you can chalk it up to whatever you want it to be um bill mcreynolds did not match the, the dna of the unidentified male so he was like officially ruled out as a suspect um and again we'll get to the dna and stuff in part two but that's that's that for bill McReynolds. Mm-hmm. um there's another man named gary oliva okay who lived a few blocks away from the ramsey home he was arrested in 2010 on drug charges and was found carrying a photo of john benet in his backpack creepy um and i don't know if it's this time in 2010 or the next time but he was also arrested in 2016 on charges of child pornography mm. um Okay, so maybe it was 2010. It was one of these times where, like, police went to his home and there was a literal shrine to John Benet Ramsey. Now, see, that's something I can definitively say is creepy. Yeah, yeah. There's no sweetness behind that. That's just creepy. Yeah. And there's a quote from him from the time he was arrested, I believe, in 2010. So that's why I think that's when they discovered this. And yeah. He was probably officially put on a suspect list. But yeah. He says uh, he thought that John Benet was an exceptional girl. And that her death was an exceptional loss. 
I felt the need to build a monument, a shrine to remember this little girl. Um, no, it's you, creepy. it's creepy. If you want to build a shrine, you, then you know what you need to do is you need to band together with the community and make it a public shrine. Not one you keep in like a hidden creepy little closet in your house. Like it's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. It's Especially creepy. He was arrested for child. child exactly. There's no, we know what he was doing with that shrine. Exactly. There, there is no polite way of putting it. Like it is creepy. Yeah. Um, a high school friend of Gary Oliva revealed in an interview with In Touch, I might add. Like, this is, like, mentioned in when I watched, like, BuzzFeed Resolve, <laughs> where they're like, oh, In Touch, like, the pinnacle of American journalism. Yeah, but it's, the pinnacle of America. <laughs> um, it, but they were also, they were just pointing out that a lot of people were being offered money to give interviews at this time. Yes, anything to do anything. With whatever. So, like, let's just take this with a grain of salt. But a high school friend of Gary Oliva revealed in an interview with In Touch magazine that Gary called him a day after the murder occurred and said, I hurt a little girl. I hurt a little girl. Um, mm. He also said that he hurt this little girl in Boulder, Colorado. So I don't know if Gary wasn't from there, but he specifically said to his friend, like, I hurt a little girl in Boulder, Colorado, a day after the murder. This is what his friend claims. Again, yeah. people can easily make shit up and go and like sell it to a magazine and then just like get a boatload of money, unfortunately, yeah. because that's just the way the world magazines is. Magazines don't have a high standard for that. Yeah. No, they don't. As we learned in the Amanda Knox. But there are no official records of any other little girls being hurt or killed in Colorado or in the Colorado area that night. Sorry, in the Boulder area that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why they were saying, like, if he did hurt someone, like, yeah. It went undocumented. Yeah, like John Bonet. But Gary Oliva um, also attempted to strangle his own mother with a telephone cord. Yikes. Yeah. So that had been drawn as like a similarity, I guess, because JonBenet was strangled. But like, I mean, still like. A lot of people strangle a lot of people. people, Like, unfortunately, that's the truth of things. (laughs) And his DNA also did not match the DNA found at the scene. So um, about that. Another suspect, well, pretty well-known one usually, is John Mark Carr. So he was a a divorced father and elementary school teacher. He was not originally a suspect until 2006, so 10 years after the murder, when he emailed a journalism professor named Michael Tracy confessing to the murder. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this is, like, crazy to me, but Michael Tracy, like, he's thinking okay, maybe I can get this guy to, like, give me more details or whatever if I, like, befriend him in a way sure so michael tracy emailed back and forth with Carr for four years in order to gain his trust um i don't know what was said in these emails or what yeah michael tracy like pretended to be okay with or whatever but he basically said that it was horrible and it was the worst experience of my life by far it would be basically from having to pretend that like he didn't have any judgment around these things that john carves talking about like i can only imagine what i yeah i i feel like i can't even imagine because like i don't want to put my brain in a spot where i would be like ever yeah tracy said it was horrifying which it would be but he did it for like to try and like get information out of him because he figured that if he went back and was like that's disgusting then like obviously he just got emails <laughs> yes. right? he'd lose yeah any potential 100 percent or what like further confession or further evidence right? yeah he could use against him um uh, Carr apparently used similar wording in his emails as the ransom note. It didn't like give me any information as to like what specific words, but 
At one point, he called Patsy's mother Nettie, which was a, nick- a nickname for her used by close friends and family. So, like, that was weird, I guess, if he knew that nickname. Yeah, because I feel like that's one of those nicknames where, like, you almost have to know a backstory first. Yeah. Because if it was, like, Patty, I'd be like, okay, yeah, Patty, Patsy. Like- <laughs> no, Patsy's mother. Oh, sorry. I thought it was Patsy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He referred to Patsy's mother. Oh, Nettie. well, then that's even weirder. It's even weirder because, like, I don't remember anything about Patsy's mother being, like, like commonly yeah. out in the media. Maybe he found it somewhere. I can't even remember Patsy's mother's name right now. Like, I didn't even know her name. Like, yeah. No, she was mentioned at all. But that that was another sort of, like, standout feature. Right. Um, he stated that he was in love with John Bonet and said that he hit her over the head with a flashlight. Mm, okay. And, again, like, confessed to all the other stuff yeah um car was tracked down in 2008 in bangkok thailand by british intelligence the royal thai authorities and the u.s department of homeland security um he had fled to thailand to escape child pornography charges in california um car was ultimately not charged with the murder because again he did not match the dna found at the crime scene um but car always maintained that he had not acted alone and therefore, U.S. authorities um, always kind of kept, like, a close eye on him, even though, like, he went he went into the system at this point. But um, they were unable to – or, sorry, they were able to confirm, though, that he was not even in Colorado at the time of the murder. He was in Georgia. Hmm. So I think I think it's safe to say this guy was just, like, kind of a wacko obsessed with John Bonet. Like, yeah. People were – like, Gary Oliva as well, um, where he was just, like, he confessed to it, but he wasn't even in the state at the time. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I like what I I still can't ever and it's again probably something I'm never going to understand and I don't want to understand it I can't understand how there's like not only just one but multiple people that were in their adult years of life that were obsessing over a child like that's something my my brain is never going to be able to understand no I don't like it It makes me sick no Uh, it should make everyone sick it's well, yeah, like it's like extremely sickening in general. But I think it's because, again, this like John Bonet thing was international news. Yeah, okay, like we've talked about this before with lots of cases, like even like Gabby Petito, where it's like sometimes there's no reason why, but like certain cases just blow blow up, up. right? And the media just lashes on, and then it get it goes international. Yeah. And everyone's talking about it. And so it I definitely think, helps if you're a blonde little white girl too. Oh, it definitely yeah, helps. Yeah, I mean, here we go. John yeah. Bonet. So like, she's not the only little girl that's been like, like, well, she wasn't abducted, but that's been killed in her home or been abducted or yeah. whatever. But there's something about her. That everyone's like, oh my God. Exploit. Yes. And so when her face is ever and her pageant photos are everywhere and this, this beautiful little girl. And she's dolled up to look like an adult. Yeah. Much older than six years old. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. But like even to a pedophile, right? They're like, that's, that's what I like. Yeah. So I think that this, like all the attention and everything really increased the, probably the number of like predators out there that were like oh like i'm obsessed with her now yeah she's dead but it's like you could make that connection right? yeah the way that like a teenage girl would be obsessed with like justin bieber but it's like they're obsessing over her because now she's been like immortalized yeah this like pinnacle like beautiful little girl yeah like angelic you know yeah just yeah and yeah so it's creepy and weird but i get why predators out there would be like obsessed with her yeah 
because it's just like it was everywhere. Yeah, makes sense. They have access to it all the time. And, and again, we know that people like this, like it makes them feel important to like confess to a crime, even though they're probably not going to get committed but or convicted of it. But yeah. he's thinking like if I go down in history as like JonBenet's killer, like that immortalizes me. Yeah. As well. And, and here we are talking about narcissists, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So even though he he's not the killer, he's forever linked to the case. Yeah. Yeah. Because it makes he's sense. The only one that's officially confessed to it. Yeah, and his name's forever linked to her now. Forever, just for even inserting yeah. himself into this. Like Yeah. Yeah. But alas, it was not him. Or at least you know, Or at least it seems. Right yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, those are those are the big ones. I know that me and you have discussed. There's other people that are mentioned, and again, we're gonna get into like we won't get into other specific suspects, but there are a lot of suspects around this case that have been discussed. Um, that there's just there's a lot of names thrown around. Yeah, but those are always usually like the first ones that are mentioned that just sort of were like initial big suspects. But again, yeah, none of them match the DNA, so. For now, at least, For they're now, out the window. They're just sort of creepy. Yeah. But we also do know that, like, DNA isn't necessarily it's always... Not color and all. It's not. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of like, well, these people have been officially deemed, like, not the murderer. But, I like, John Mark Carr wasn't there. But I feel like um, Gary Oliva, like... It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. It's still possible to me. But there are definitely stronger suspects that are now being considered. So... Yeah that's that but yeah that's that's kind of like the sort of uh overview of yeah the john benet ramsey case like we said it's still unsolved yeah um the family were targeted heavily but could not be proven that it was them yeah and they probably still are targeted pretty oh, fucking heavily. Yeah. Well, Patsy Ramsey um, died in 2006. Right. But John Ramsey is still alive. All the siblings are still alive. Um, and the family is still looking. Like, they're still searching. You would never want to give up on something like that. Up. Like, you'd never rest. And they're trying to still keep it in in the media, in the public eye. Like, people talking about it. Keeping so it important. Like, again, I'm going to get heavily into a documentary in part two. Um, that is called... Um, the, where, I wrote it down. I don't know where you wrote it down. It's on Discovery Plus. I believe it's called The Case of John Benet Ramsey. Okay. I just can't find it officially. I like to like read it so like I know for sure I'm right. <laughs> I'm just pulling from my memory. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it's called The Case of John Benet Ramsey. It's on Discovery Plus and it came out January of this year. So January 2021. Dang. So it's pretty recent. So that's why we're going to get into that in part two and discuss some of the things highlighted in that documentary Mm -hmm. that might contrast some of the things we've discussed here yeah like we said this this case is a rabbit hole and it's ongoing and yeah there's so many like outlandish theories there's so many plausible theories there's so so there's just so much suspects so many people that have been involved so this is just yeah this is just part one this is just part one Mm -hmm. so well, on that note, you guys are going to have to wait until next week for part two on Wednesday. Wednesday. We hope everyone has a safe and happy holidays. Yes. And happy bonus episode. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening. And yeah, if you want to sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed. 
And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email at havenotgetkilled at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at howtonotgetkilled. And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. And keep us lazy. Bye. Bye. Bye.